Adventurers, welcome to the Min Max Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we get buried into the Blood Lords. The latest full six book, level one to twenty adventure path from Paizo. What with all the cinematic endings and beginnings to adventures and a socially contracted Session Zero, we haven't done one of these intros in a while. So, as always, we'd like to invite you to come join us on our Discord. There's discussions about the show if that interests you, but that's actually just a small part of it. There's a huge community where all sorts of things are going on. All of us are really active on it, except for kind of Spencer, who has the real-life schedule of a vampire. But way better than us is a huge community of awesome people who have somehow come together around this dumb podcast. And we'd love to have you come be a part of it, too. Also, if you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out our Patreon. And as we begin this new campaign, I've done my best to try and clean it up and figure out who's who, but I make no promises. I always read off the names of all of our patrons at our big number level and above, which we're going to have to change now because we're done with the circus and now we're a bunch of undead. We'll get to it. If you are a patron and I am not reading your name off or reading it off incorrectly, please come yell at me so I can get it right. You can send us a message on Patreon, you can email us at midmaxed at gmail.com, or you can come join that Discord I mentioned. So, without further ado, a special thank you to Rock Jedi, Iggy, Wolf, Blardimus Slump, Thunder Mammoth, The Trevor Project, Das Chris, Fizzgig, AC Goldner, Eric R. Oh, just gonna sneak right past you there. Indie Link, Tawdry Monster, Mercutio, Angel Shadowheart, Cy Rendon, Forevermore, The Brigade Alliance, Dickie Lopez, Licky Dopez, Rickety Rope Bridge, Alex K, Toma Elaka, Frank L, Just Mike Works, Ross D, Marab Syndrome, Fig Tears, Zach S. Jamie H, Mr. Turtle, Sleeve, Darren, Caleb W, Corey, Pickle, Mr. Grimm, Firedown, M54 Ewas, Jameson S, Eric R, Plus Two Vorpal Salmon of Whacking, and I'm Not a Robot. A shout out to who I think are the new patrons since the last time I did this at the opening act. Connor W, and no relation, or maybe a relation, I don't know, Doug W. And at the big number, Leo Hart and George F. Thank you all so much for your support. And now, a recap of Bloodlords Session 1. Let me just grab my notebook here. Literally, these recaps I read are exactly what the notes are that I took the night we played. That's a little just piece of min-max trivia for you. Session 1, we start out in the middle of combat on the grounds of a farm covered in the dismembered bodies of zombies. We fight a big dangerous zombie bull and pretty much destroy it. We flash back to us all individually receiving an invitation to meet Berline Haldoli, the local blood lord. When we arrive, she greets us all and offers us dinner. She seems pretty nice, but also sinister. There's a lot of zombies and necromancers about. She gives each of us something specific to our undead hunger. She then asks us to go check out Old Ear Gag's farm, where things seem to be going awry. Once the dinner's over, Gerdrug fucks off to go check the clue Berline gave him. After that, we all gather up to go be villains. Yesterday at Bloodlord Haldoli's estate. Berline Haldoli pinched the handle of a delicate Talden teacup filled with delicious black tea, piping hot and delightfully bitter. She peered over the rim at the young man across the small table in her sitting room. The red-skinned man obviously has devil blood in him, a living tiefling. He could even be called handsome, if his appearance wasn't so slovenly. He sat straight in his seat, head up, and making eye contact. This isn't some pesh fiend or drunkard. His face betrayed just a hint of anxiety. 
anxious he should be. The man marched onto her estate and demanded an immediate meeting with her, right in the middle of mid-morning tea. Major Domo Mjörk almost bit the vagabond's throat out. Berline nearly let him. Corpses always had their uses. She may yet turn this one into a zombie. The quick's protections under the dead laws become irrelevant when you storm the manor of a bloodlord. Berline gently placed the cup and saucer onto the table in front of her and sat back, considering her strange guest and his proposition. Well then, Mr... Call me Kix for the time being. Should you accept my offer, it would be best that you use my vessel's name. It would be an unfortunate setback for me should they discover my identity before the time is ripe. Lips drawing to a line, Berline paused. And what kind of setback would me killing your vessel and raising them to become another cog in Geb's labor force be, hmm? The tiefling sighed and spread his hands in resignation. Another unfortunate setback, to be sure, though not an insurmountable one. It would be no more of a setback than the drunkard Kestrel's untimely death, or the goblin diplomat Miklek's demise. Coral, Salvador, Kren, Sakib, their names are without number, and I am a being of patience. Very well, then. Kicks. Say I consider this proposal. What tangible benefit do I receive? Aside from your nebulous promises of secret and ancient rituals of power, any silver-tongued street peddler can make promises. Your body, however, could feel an immediate need. One of my gardener's legs was crushed under a carriage wheel just this morning. I could take care of that, and add a nice splash of red to his color palette all in one fell swoop. <laughs> Berline smiled wide with excitement, stared at him, and paused. She was waiting for indignation, anger, or even the sweetest emotion, fear. Yet there was nothing. His face remained passive. Berline was intrigued. Immediately, Blood Lord Haldoli, you would receive a team of skilled troubleshooters, if you will. You see, I have a list of names to provide you. I can give you a detailed breakdown of each's history, motivations, and uh, talents. Though I do need something to write with. He shrugs apologetically. You must excuse me. In my current condition, I cannot carry such a list with me. Indeed. Berline agreed. Excuse the interruption, Mistress Haldori. Major Domo Mjörk stood at attention in the doorway of the sitting room. A messenger has come in with this afternoon's shipment of grain. Shall I relay it to you now? Or would you like to receive it privately? Mjörk eyed the tiefling in the leather upholstered club chair dangerously. Berline made a mental note of chairs in the room that she could upholster in red leather. No, Miak, you may give me the message in front of our guest. He is of no danger to me, and unless the message is from Chancellor Kemnebi or King Geb himself, it can be heard aloud. Berline smiled sweetly at Miak. He could be temperamental when something unexpected happened at the estate. Yes, mistress, he bowed. It seems Kalak Manor has fallen to you. Kalak's children have rescinded their claim to the manor and left the city just this morning. A shame. Though we'll find use for it, won't me, Major Domo? Indeed, Mistress Aldoli. I also regret to report that old Irgag's farm is, once again, missing from this afternoon's shipping manifest. He finished with another bow. That's the second one this week. Berline looked at her guest. There he sat, straight-backed, with the slightest hint of a grin. Major Domo Miak, fetch us the writing desk, and be quick about it. Kix here likely has little time to spare if I'm to understand his condition properly. 
Berline picked the teacup up off the table once more. Tepid. With a short arcane phrase and a wave of her hand, steam began to rise from the tea once more. She leaned back in her chair and took a sip as she watched Major Domo Mirk bow prior to taking his leave. Kix, the Major Domo has handed us a nail and an incentive. Why don't you describe my new hammers to me? Let's head back to the here and the now. The four of you stand in the dark, lit only by beams of light coming from a few of the characters. You stand in a yard with knockdown fences surrounding it and bits of body parts and blood smeared all over the dirt and trails and bits of flesh are all over. And the large bull that attacked you after entering the farm lies in front of you, destroyed. You've had a chance to heal up. And before we get to it, let's talk just real quick about a clear to-do list. Berline has hired you to discover what's going on at Old Ergag's farm, restore operation to the farm, and if necessary, destroy the zombies that are roaming free. However, she does prefer, where possible, that the stock be preserved. Well, this bull already fucked a bunch of them up, or so it would appear. What do you do? So I guess I'd start by looking at the toppled over fence here to see if I can find any clues as to what toppled over it. Was it just the bowl? Or did something else topple this fence over to cause this havoc? How was havoc had? Yes. Good question. That's the fence on the southern end of the corral that you're in right now. It, well, I'll, I'll walk the perimeter. Walk the perimeter? Okay. It's not very big. No, you're right. It's not very large. So let me just real quick take a moment to describe the farm at large. The farm is uh, about 16 miles outside of Grey Dirge. It's on the way to precisely nowhere, and it's surrounded by a high stone wall. Inside the stone wall are several windowless outbuildings, this large corral in the middle, and it's a little too dark for our players to see much beyond that entry, but so far, the gate that they entered in had some loose zombies that they had to put down. And that's that's something that kind of happened off screen in order to enter into the into the farm. The first building has a hole right through both walls on the north and south side. Just rubble all over the place. All of the fences are knocked down here, and the deeper you go into the corral, you see that even there's a building to the south of the corral that's also one corner completely destroyed. There are several buildings that are intact, however. As you're doing the perimeter and you're searching around, you see a body pinned to the wall of this half-destroyed building to the north. The body of a zombie? Pinned in what way? Is it like yeah. pinned underneath stuff? Was it actually like pinned like someone intentionally pinned them to a wall? As you approach, you see that there is a large horn through the man's midsection got stuck in the wall and then broke off from wherever it came from. Ah, it's Mazguta's other horn. I guess we know where this came from. <laughs> I yank it out. Everyone who's investigating the body, give me a perception check. Mine's bad. I get a 20. I don't perceive. It's beyond me. Arius gets a 20. So, uh, Gerdrug and Arius both see this. Uh, Gerdrug, as you're kind of commenting on the status of the the man and the horn from the big bull, uh, you both notice that this is not uh, an undead. This is a, a living corpse, a fresh living corpse. And it is a halfling man who uh, looks like he's wide for his height. Broad-shouldered. He has thick thighs and biceps. He's got even calluses all over his hands and rough features and scars on his face. And in one hand, he has a piece of dirty red cloth grasped in his fist. You're with the reanimators, right? Yes, I am. So, you like, bring him back, don't you? 
That is not one of my skills. I could stitch him up and make him prepared to be a good, solid zombie. But I lack the magical skills to make him one myself. Um... I guess I will inspect this thing in his hand. Maybe pull it out of his hand. Does it have any markings on it? Do you uh, pull out the torn red cloth? It's in a, a solid grip, and Rigamortis has kind of got it in there pretty good. But you managed to get it out. It's dirty and filled with blood. You see it's a red cloth with an off-white stitching of a hand that is missing its pinky finger. Um, knowledge or society check to figure out if we know that yeah. that's from? Knowledge to know what that is, yeah. Sure. Lore warfare. No? No, no, not that. Might work eventually. Should I assume I don't actually know this guy's name now? Don't know whose name? Braydick? Braddix. Braydick? Did I just share something with you? piece of torn red cloth clutched in Brodick's rigid hands, caked with dirt, oh. blood, and gore. You'll find out eventually that that's the name of the dead guy. We're really Never good did. investigators. Or it's somebody else's hand. <laughs> Go ahead and give me a society check, anyone who can, on the cloth with the three-fingered hand on it. The undead don't have brains. You can't do societies. Yeah, I got in that one for total of seven. <laughs> <laughs> Who rolled on that? What, what, do we, what do we got? Kicks was the other one. I got a 15 for a 22. I rolled a nat 20 for a 22. Get out of here. You did an untrained society check? <laughs> yeah, I'm not trained in society. <laughs> Jeez. He doesn't need to be for an, a knowledge check, do you? No. You, you, know, you can do knowledge checks untrained. Lucan and Kicks both with the 22... And Lucan with the 22 and the increased success rate are still unable to identify what exactly this is. So, from a rules standpoint, that means that 22 was a critical failure. Is a critical failure. Is there a specific lore that you're looking for? No. Like, say, accounting? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Give me accounting lore. <laughs> maybe he's a. Maybe the cutoff fingers for. Uh something to do with counting. Fourteen. Ah, well, here, I'll tell you this much. There are three fingers on that hand. I see four. There's a thumb. Guys, I think this has to do with warfare. <laughs> Rolling that one. On more warfare, got a three. Arius, I'm beginning to think you think everything has to do with warfare. True. On this yes. set of checks, we got two nat ones and a nat twenty. <laughs> Arius, you're pretty sure that's a banner that you saw on the battlefield at some point in your past. However long ago that was, yeah. Funniest thing is that he's actually right. (laughs) I continue investigating. I look through the rubble. I I really wanted to determine, was this all done by this bull? I feel like it couldn't have been. There had to have been something else that caused a lot of this damage. I want to yank the horn out that's pinning this guy to the wall. It's actually kind of difficult to pull out. Go ahead and give me an uh, athletics check. It's wedged in there real good. Fuck me. Why can't... I'm so weak. Nine. Sundrinker sees what you're doing. Oh my god. Sun... And just so stop walks up behind you. <laughs> and gets a 16. Arius, that, that, that bullhorn stuck in there real good. Real good. You get a good couple of tugs in there, you just can't get it out. The, yeah, then the, the no rose one can bush. pull this out. It's, 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 it's not movable. <laughs> it's impossible. Rosebush pulls it out. Here you go. Oh, I don't want it. I'll keep it then. And Sun Drinker puts it in his vines. Kurt looks at Iris and goes, in quotations, no one, huh? I just start walking away. <laughs> <laughs> Sundrinker does not laugh. <laughs> but I do. Lucan, your question in regards to you want to know what caused this damage, go ahead and give me a crafting check if you have it. Uh, no. I am untrained in crafting. 21 crafting? 18. As you're checking this building out, 
you can see that it does, in fact, look as though this could have been caused by the bull. And, uh, survival checks from anyone. 19. 20. Gerdrug and Sundrinker can confirm that, yes, in fact, there are hoof prints from the bull in a path that goes directly through this building from the south to the north, and then again going back from the north to the south. It ran through that building twice. Sundrinker and Gerdrug can confirm that, yes, there are hoof prints that go through this building in the path from south to north, and then again going back the other direction, north to south. So the, the bull plowed through this building twice. And do we know where the bull was kept or stayed? As of right now, you do not. Is there anything else in this building other than rubble at the moment? Inside the building, uh, there's like a dozen leather saddle-like contraptions, each with numerous straps and buckles. Uh, they all lie crushed and tangled in a heap amid the rubble of the, cr- of the collapsed walls. Do they look like they'd be worth anything? Uh, they look like they're harnesses that fit around humanoids. With the straps and everything, you like probably a, don't like, actually like need a society check. Up? Yeah, humanoids standing up. Yeah, zombies. Yeah, you probably don't need a society check to know that they're probably harnesses for the zombies. The working zombies. Or like strapping bags and stuff to them, or... Some things like that, yes. They do resemble saddles to an extent because they have bits and bridles. They have halters and muzzles of various shapes here as well. All intended to keep the zombie from biting. I'm trying to figure out who the fuck's riding a zombie. (laughs) (laughs) Have you never ridden a zombie, my friend? Definitely not. Nothing else in here, though? Aside from that, no. Uh, we can talk about more about this when it comes to restoring the farm back to working order, but this looks like to be attack room of some kind. Not of some kind, of zombies. Attack room for zombies. Okay. Moving south. So, Gerdrug, you do a loop around the building. You see the destruction on both the north and the south walls, and as you come around to the west side of the building, you see just in front of you are three wagons along with a horse and two dogs that have their heads down over three bodies and are eating messily. You can hear them. Low growls and flesh tearing. And I immediately flat myself against the building. Do they look like... Are they undead horses and dogs? Or... Go ahead. Well, give me a stealth check. Or your hide, I should say. Give me your hide. Gerdrug, as you move against the wall of the building that you were just circling around, the horse picks its head up, and you can see that half of the flesh on its face is just completely ripped off, and it's got a big hunk of meat in its mouth, and it looks around toward you as it's chewing on it, and then it turns back to the corpse and begins eating some more. I'm going to loop around the north side of the building to let these guys know what I just saw. <laughs> There's, like, some dogs and a horse over there. They're they're eating something. Puppies? I want to go see puppies. Well, living creatures or zombie creatures? The horse is definitely undead. Luke, and what's your lore? <laughs> zombie. Okay, I'll I'll say this is applicable. Go ahead and give me a lore zombie check. Thirteen. Because of your experience at the farms, you do know that many of the animals that are used for labor are zombies. Yes. And there are some other animals, you know, zombie animals that are at the farms. You're not sure exactly which, but could be dogs and horses. Uh, I know we're not supposed to just kill everything as much as I'd prefer, but... No, no, no. This These creatures can all be saved and reused. We should not kill them. Okay. Do you know how to talk to undead horses? No. Lore zombie? How do you handle undead livestock? Undead Jeb. Undead Jeb. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it. Yeah, 17. 
Yeah, that's actually generally um, a corpse tender's job. Now, you're, you are not a corpse tender, but there are techniques that a corpse tender learns to actually soothe the uh, zombies, both the livestock zombies as well as dead stock. The animal zombies. Dead stock. The dead stock, dead yeah. Stock. The dead stock <laughs> and the livestock. Stock. <laughs> that's, God damn it, you're right. I, I like that. Yeah, that's good. Take a hero point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dead stock and the livestock. That's canon now. It is. So, yes, uh, you do know that uh, corpse tenders generally do that work, but you don't know how. You've never been taught the techniques. You are starting with a corpse stitcher and then doing what? Just seeing where life takes me. Up, hopefully. Yes, I... Yeah, it's fine. Just just leave them be. Give them this space. They won't bother us. I don't know. Kind of had a wild look in its eye. It's dead. It's not wild. Why can't it be dead and wild? <laughs> Fucking got you there. I don't know. It just doesn't work that way. Everybody, this is uninteresting. Let's go figure out what happened here. Giant fucking bull ran through everything. What do you think happened here? Yes, but who let the bull out? No, it's who let the dogs out. Why are the bulls on parade? <laughs> Christ. Much better song. <laughs> yeah, I continue looking around. I'll go to the other building, I guess. I just take a quick look at this other collapsed, fucked up building. Does it look like the same story? Off to the south? Yes. So to the south of the corral, you come across a uh, partially collapsed building that contains nothing but a massive leather and iron harness. And that harness has been trampled beyond almost any recognition. Now does this, as the rubble would suggest on our map seem to indicate that this building was destroyed from the inside out. That is correct. So this is where the bull was. Whereas the other one clearly looks like it was destroyed from the outside in, based on the rubble. Oh. That is correct. Oh. So this one is bursted out, the other one is collapsed in, so this is where our bull came from. But why did the bull go crazy? What could have caused this? I'm gonna go over to Goodrug. He's found a door that seems interesting. Yeah, I'm going to check this door for the traps. I'm going to check this door for doors. Well, there is, in fact, a door. We need a door knocker. Now, there's uh, the the door to this uh, room, or sorry, this uh, this outbuilding, uh, is sturdily made of wood and doesn't seem to be uh, disturbed. This building isn't collapsed, and the door is shut firmly. Gate 24 to check for traps. In case someone didn't want people to walk into there. <laughs> office or something. Uh, you don't find any traps, and the door is not locked. I open it. Inside this outbuilding, you see that it's a, a large, one large storeroom. There are shelves and racks that line the walls of the whole building and with, with filled with various farming and gardening implements, and they clutter all the space. Rakes, hoes, a wheelbarrow, bags of soil, buckets of nails, rope, hammers, saws, and all of the like. But all of it seems to be in good working order. This is all neatly organized and in good repair. Anything of value in here? Depends on what kind of value you see in good farming equipment. I'm looking for a decent hoe. Uh, can I can I sell it for gold kind of value? Uh, the anvil's probably worth the most in here, just out of sheer iron content alone. Oh, that's too heavy. What are you talking about? We got a. Skeleton. Sun drinker. He can carry things around. <laughs> Since we know he's the strongest one. <laughs> Ted's flipping me off. <laughs> okay, well, it looks like this is the one building that we don't need to fix, so. Alright. There's nothing that looks of value. Gonna move on. Looks like also it didn't trample. The field. Even further south to the the fields, they all the seem gardens. Fine. I guess these are these are gardens. I guess. Do we see any zombies wandering around down here, or body parts, or people? It looks pretty clear based on the map. Down to the south, you find that there are six vegetable gardens just to the south of that tool shed and of the corral. 
various garden variety tubers, berries, and leafy vegetables lie mostly neglected in six large planter boxes. A wheelbarrow lies on its side, damp soil spilling from it onto the path. To the west of the garden, the path turns north, but you can't really see that deep over there. I suppose Gerdrug could. Gerdrug has dark, dark vision. To the west of the garden, the path turns north, leading to a 12-foot-tall archway in the side of a sheer 20-foot-high rocky outcropping. A wooden fence with an open gate stands beneath the arch. But you don't see any bodies or anything like that in the area of the vegetable garden. Like the bodies and stuff in this pen, are they undead? Are they quick? Formerly quick, I guess. <laughs> Some of both. I suppose we should have started our investigation in, in, in the pen then. <laughs> the last place we check. <laughs> yeah, we check that out. I'll make a medicine check to understand. The Lord Zombie check would be more applicable. Oh, I'll make a Lord Zombie check. 17. Man, low level. You can tell that, yes, in fact, these were zombie charge hands. They've all been destroyed and basically pummeled into nothing. You tell approximately how many there were? I'm counting heads. It's a fucking mess. Like Lucan said, I'm, I'm counting heads or something. I've gotten six heads. I think I counted last time we did the combat, and there were six heads, and there were not enough body parts to make up for six bodies. It is an absolute fucking mess. It might take you a few minutes to count uh, everything, but you're certain that there's roughly five corpses that lie strewn about. So I think they're multi-headed people. (laughs) It's the only explanation, right? I just want you to know I have an eye for numbers. (laughs) (laughs) kicks the greatest use of that feat ever oh my god okay then uh yes you can tell that there are uh, there are five roughly five bodies in in here uh eye for numbers allows you to approximate that pretty precisely at this so when there's that few of them yeah when there's that few did Burline give us any kind of indication of how many people would be here? Like zombies, quick? Like like intelligent people. People we can converse with. Well not even that. Who I mean, runs like, this place? Like yeah, I mean like but even how many how many zombie tenders and whatnot there are because I'm trying to get an idea of who we're looking for. Like if there's ten zombies and we found five of them here, we gotta look for five more zombies or something. <laughs> what if we just start picking up all the heads and bring them with us so that she can identify them? Make some type of abomination I of our own. Don't think she's gonna identify. Care. <laughs> the fuck did she guys bring me these heads for? I don't care. If she cares. It's an easy way to figure out if one doesn't belong. Just drop a bunch of heads in front of her and be like, "Hey, which one sticks out? <laughs> one of these heads is not like the other one." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are these wait? There's more buildings over to the east. Shit. Yeah. One of those buildings first. Southeast. Here I come. You started in the corral, kind of in the 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 central area of the farm. You've checked out the destroyed buildings to the north and the south. Discovered the north building is attack building. South building was where the bull was housed. To the west of the corral, there's a tool shed, and then south of that are six gardens. Now you're traveling to the east, southeast of the corral. Yes. Checking out this door. We're just going to open it this time. You're just going to open it this time? Yeah. Don't care. This brick barn is a single, large, unfurnished room. The door actually had a bar over it. Do you lift the bar? Oh, from the outside? Yes. Oh, then no. (laughs) Okay. Didn't say a bar when I looked at the door. And it is a brick barn. Brick barn. Okay. That makes me a little more worried that there's a bar over it, because that means they're trying to keep something in, not out. (laughs) (laughs) Which is weird. This this door is barred from the outside. That's kind of weird. Well, open it up. See what's in there. As you begin talking just outside the door, you hear... And then pounding on the door. It wants out! Pound, pound, pound. 
Sounds like there's zombies in there. We don't need them, right? It might answer some questions, but I don't know. Sounds like a lot of zombies. <laughs> yeah, but if they get out, how do we get them back in? By cutting their heads off like the ones in the yard, and then we'll call for the corpse tenders to fix them all up. I want to look around to see if there's any windows I can look in through. Anyway, I can get a glimpse of what might be going on in there. As you look around, there are zero windows anywhere on this building. It is a completely windowless brick barn. Roof? Roof, yes. There is a roof. Uh, made of what? Uh, shingles. Just a standard shingled roof. I I, I go up next to Good Drug and go to the, uh, to the door, and I kind of get my mouth next to the corner and, and try and say loudly... Is anybody intelligent in there? Anybody able to understand me and speak back? Pound, pound, pound. Well, I'm going to call that the barracks. Uh, <laughs> go up north. Yeah, those are the reserves. <laughs> the reserve dead stock. <laughs> All right, so Gerdrug uh, kind of just wanders off to the north. Does everyone follow him as well? Yeah, seems like a good enough thing to do. Door that's been knocked off of its hinges. Yes, as you approach what is another building very similar to the one that you were just at with the zombies who are still down south, pounding on the door and moaning to get out. Yeah, they've probably been doing that for like a week, so it's fine. This <laughs> this particular uh, barn has its door knocked off of its hinges. The reinforced door here has fallen or been torn from its hinges. It lies haphazardly on the ground outside, and the interior of this barn is bare. There were probably more in here that got out, and they're the ones that got killed by the bull. Yeah, that'd be my guess. So the only quick we've found so far is the one that was pinned to the tack wall? That's correct. Do we want to go past the zombie horses or go to the south and go try to go around them? That archway was rather strange and interesting. But uh, I'm all right for either way. Sure, past the horses, I guess be on guard in case they attack. But you want your flower to go first, or...? (laughs) You know, you look so scary and evil, and then you speak... What's that supposed to mean? Nothing, my friend. Nothing. Yes, uh, Sundrinker can go first. Would that offend Sundrinker to be called a flower? Not really. It's a damn flower. flower. <laughs> <It is> a flower. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Heading back to the zombie horse. Are you? How are you approaching? Are you going about this stealthily in any way, or are you just kind of like... Do, do, no, we're not going to be stealthy. We're going to try and go uh, around I them and avoid absolutely them. Absolutely going stealthily. Well, okay, new right. drugs <laughs> going to be stealthy. I'm going to try and avoid antagonizing them. I wave at them. But we'll just see what happens. I wouldn't say stealthy, maybe like cowardly. I'd go forward. Cautiously. <laughs> yeah, be cautious. As you uh, skirt by the western side of the collapsed tack building, and you all can now hear, if not see, the horse and the zombie dogs continuing to chew their meals, the chomping, the slavering. And as you get closer, the horse's head pops up, then it kind of like jerkily clomps to turn around while it has a piece of flesh in its mouth that it just drops out of it and it does this low <laughs> and roll for initiative what we're getting attacked by a seahorse zombie horse. undead seahorse all right at the top of round one one of the zombie hounds a shepherd dog a herding dog an undead border collie turns to face the sound of Arius clanking over with his armor. It gets the drop on initiative, and it uses its first action to stride directly for Arius. Just because you mentioned it before, are these slow? Or they lose their first action? This particular hound does, yes, lose its first action. It takes both of its actions that it has available to get to Arius, so it doesn't have the option to attack, but he's right at your feet, about to leap at you. That takes us over to Arius. It's your turn. Okay. Um, would I have 
my weapon out? I'm like, I'm trying to think of the situation. That's up to you. I mean, Lucan specifically said... Be on guard. Be prepared yeah. to, uh, to fight if necessary. I would say yes. And do I walk around two-hand gripping my sword? Is the thing, or is it just like a one hand? And I'd... if you're getting ready, if you're walking towards some undead horses, I think you're ready to fight. Why? Everything's there's so much undead shit here. Like that's pretty normal. Hey, okay, so maybe not undead. If you're walking towards something that is gonna fight you. Okay, I'll say it. I'm holding both hands. Already. I guess that's the GM's discretion. But I think being ready for a fight is determined that you'd be ready for the fight, and that's that you'd have your stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. All right, I just didn't really want to like assume that. Okay. There might be other situations where that is the case, but not this situation. So I will go ahead and take a swing at my first action if it's right up in my face. Now, thanks for uh, making it so I don't have to go after it. You're welcome. Zombie do zombie things. That is a natural twenty. Well, would you look Ooh. at that? Yes, that is a critical hit. I want to see you chop this thing's head up in one Oh, wow. That's really uh, A one and a five on 2d12. Uh, 12 damage. And what kind of damage is that? This will be slashing. All right. So that 12 critical damage, your great sword, as you bring it down onto this dog that's about to leap into you, you cut deeply into its body. And it doesn't yelp or do anything at all. You just slice right into it. But you can see that... It is about to fall apart after that hit. Literally. I swing it up again. 16 to hit. And you finish the job. They haven't rolled damage yet. 13 damage. I rolled... <laughs> I rolled more damage on a regular swing than I did on my fucking crit. So the crit dealt 17 damage because it's weakness to slashing. And it had one hit point left. That kills it. Destroys it, sorry. Well, thanks for telling us it's 18 HP. The first zombie hound has been destroyed. There was a moment that I thought about casting a spell, and then I was like, man, I don't want to waste the spell right now. And you just, like, validated my decision of not casting You're a welcome. spell. You're welcome. Thank you. No problem. I guess. Uh, third action, I will intimidate and glare the horse. It has to be within 30 feet. Or does it? I guess I never really even looked into it. Also, with your vision, you can't actually see it. How far away from me is it? And your light gives, what, 20, 20 bright, 20 dim? Correct. And it's about 50 feet away. So you'd only be able to see 40 feet. Yeah, so it's so it's just outside of my 40-foot vision. Uh, third action. Fuck, I don't know then. Um, I don't do anything. I just wait. Wait for them to come to me. Or back up a little bit and make them come even further to you? No, it's fine. I passed my third action. Arius readies his sword. Gloating that I just soloed the first dog. You did it quite well. Uh, then after Arius, that takes us over to another zombie hound in the distance. This one, being the mindless zombie that it is does the exact same thing. However, this time, with his two actions, because the zombies are slowed one, is not able to completely close the distance to Arius. He's running towards you, but he ends his movement about five feet away from you. And that's its turn. It's going to take us over to Gerdrug. It's your turn. So, I'm trying to understand Sneak, because my first action wouldn't get me far enough to actually get to him. So actually, even with two actions, I don't think I could get to him. I'm actually going to delay. Gerdrug delays. All right. Then that takes us over to Kix. It's your turn. You can see the zombie hound from where you're at. I sure can. Gerdrug, if you're stealthing, is it still just considered a stride? Like, if I give you a stride right now, would you be able to use it while stealthing, or is it that different? No, um, that would be just a regular stride. Sneak is yeah, its I wouldn't, own action. I wouldn't be able to sneak. So you would... Oh, okay. I don't really have anything to hide behind out there. Then at this point, I really want the zombie horse closer before I, before I go. We're gonna cast Guidance on the plant. And then I'm going to do my Gathered Lore. 
which I am aiding in a 30-foot aura at the moment. Oh, Gathered Lord gives you the action, recall the teachings. That's what it was, recall teaching, yeah. So this is a uh, recall the teachings. Uh, do you want to tell us about it real quick? Uh, yeah, so the psychic uses his uh, like past teachings or like... Yeah, basically just when an action happens within 30 feet, I can choose to aid them. And instead of doing like the normal like saying I'm going to aid to attack or aid to defend, I just aid whatever happens at that moment. And I use my occultism checks instead of whatever the aid would be. So you can do it once in the turn. Right, yeah. It's it, I use the reaction, I think, essentially. Yeah. But you can do it for basically any reason. Right. Without having to declare as long as you guys are in range of me. Now, another big one is that because uh, because of the way that aid works, aid is usually you are making a check of whatever the ally you're aiding is attempting. But for this particular ability for the psychic, it's always just the unoccultism check. Is that all three actions? Yeah. I simply just moved up behind Luke. Got it. So guidance, stride, that recall the However much you want. Yeah. Every turn, I can aid. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. That's why I took a bunch of one-cast cantrips, so I can just do all sorts of things. <laughs> it's going to be a little crazy. Hey, I can't do damage, so you guys get to do it. All right. Well, then Kix goes to prepare to uh, aid one of the party members and ends his turn, which takes us over to the zombie horse. The zombie horse lets out a, a sound, an awful sound. So the horse neighs loudly and then charges. Now, it has a little more distance on its move than the dogs, but like the dogs, it still loses its first action to the slowed condition. All right, the horse starts galloping towards Arius. Has enough movement to do it, so Will gets right up to Arius. But because that was two stride actions... That is the end of the zombie horse's turn, right up in Arius's grill. So it wasn't an actual charge. Yeah, not a mechanical charge, just like, you know, a galloping. A horse galloped at you. He had me a little worried when you said he was actually charging. I was like, shit. Nah, it, didn't. it, it doesn't get to attack at the end of that. Noise. That takes us over to uh, Lucan Hollow. It's your turn. All right, well, we got uh, some zombies here. I think... Um the first thing to do is just to zap them with an electric arc. Why not? Electric arc, um, we'll do this as my um, act together. We can spend two actions casting electric arc. So, need a reflex save from these two. Zombie horse gets a 10. That will be failure. And the zombie hound gets an 11. That will also be a failure. Okay. Six. Six. All right. They both take six damage. Then with uh, Sun Drinker, or yeah, with Sun Drinker single action from Act Together, they will move up and move kind of south of Arius, get up next to the dog, but hit the horse with their attack. Got it. So Sun Drinkers help creating a front line. Yes. By getting in front of the hound, and Arius is in front of the horse. Got it. Yes. I'll eat a horse. I'm an ace. That's right. I'm not going to hit the I horse. I have guidance sorry. on this as well. Okay. And I'll do this as slashing as it is a versatile attack. Okay. So he's aiding in this attack. What'd you get? 19. 19 is a success. You get a plus four from cooperative nature? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Holy crap. Four from intelligence, three from trained, four from cooperative nature. You add 11 to this aid At level check. one. At level one. That's yeah. insane. Uh, because we moved to DCs by level, that is a success. Not a critical success? Not a critical success. Dang. All right. Okay, so what the fuck do I add to this? So you get plus one from Guidance and plus one from me. I get a 25. A 25 is a critical hit because of the Guidance and the aid. Excellent. 17 damage. That 17 damage goes through, but because of the horse's thick hide, unlike the zombie hound, it does not take any additional damage. Sweet. And that is my turn. So let's see, what did I do there? I dealt 6 damage to each of 12 damage from Electric Arc 
and 17 from Sundrinker. So that's uh, 29 damage I just dealt that turn. Hell yeah. All right, I'm going to jump in, I guess. Guard drag at the bottom of round one coming in. Um, seeing no way to get there stealthily, Gerdrug spends his first two actions dashing out and around and behind the zombie hound. Okay. And then third action, he's going to take a swing at this guy. At the, the hound. At the hound. And get a 25. A 25 is a critical hit. Okay. Okay, you guys are rolling hot on your d20s too. Uh, we will stab him for 21 damage. Oh, God. Uh, slashing damage? Uh, yes, it is slashing damage. Yeah, that that's going to be 26 damage. It takes 12 and dies. <laughs> uh, you destroyed that zombie hound. So, he does exactly what he was hoping to watch Arius do. Take his head off all in one swing. It was already weakened. <laughs> <laughs> And the dog slicer does what the dog slicer was made to do. Oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. It's a dog slicer. Ah. Uh, is that your turn? <laughs> uh, yeah, two actions to move, and uh, that was exactly 50 feet to get behind it. <laughs> nice. It worked out then. Worked out perfectly. Well, that takes us to the top of round two, and that is Arius. Uh, for my first action, Arius will move into flanking with Gerdrug. And then second action, I will go ahead and take a big old swing on the horse. I can't remember. P- piercing normally isn't good against zombies, right? Normally slashing is the move. Slashing is normally the move, but I think you got pretty convinced last week that it was piercing. Is, is, are they normally resistant to piercing? I don't think so, but hard to say. Make a recall knowledge check. I don't do that. That, then stop asking. <laughs> that was a wizard's I mean, we, thing. Dude, we live, we're in an undead area. Like, I feel like I know offhand what zombies are typically. I'm not asking about this specific one. I'm, ask, I'm asking in general. Try poking yourself. See if it hurts more. I'm a skeleton. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and try and stab it since I saw Sundrinker. Um, do slashing and it was resist- oh, only, resistant only did normal, normal damage. damage I want to see if piercing does anything different <laughs> uh, 20 to hit a 20 is just shy of a critical hit with the flat footed but it is still a hit and I deal it 12 piercing damage it takes all of the piercing damage no more no less alright it was too much effort to pierce it I'm going to try and slash at it now my third action Good God. And that is a natural turn. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a critical hit. I was preparing for my turn, and then I just stopped. Hey, I rolled better on my... Uh, I mean, I rolled slightly above Jeez. average on my critical hit with two sevens for 23 damage. Arius just comes wow. up and just chops the, ha- the horse in half after the stab didn't go the greatest. Right down the middle, and the two sections fall inward. It's destroyed. Congratulations. I rolled two nat 20s. That went well. In two rounds of combat. Yeah, Arius really rocked that one, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, we all kind of did. I don't think anybody really rolled poorly. Nice when that happens. This is much better randomization. All high numbers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you've destroyed the zombie animals that came for you from the darkness. Gerdrug, you have dark vision, so you can see this, but you see three wagons with some bodies in the middle, and behind them are four grain silos. Alright, well, first go investigate the bodies, see if they're zombies or quick. So over here, there are two things. You see that two of the bodies, sorry, uh, three of the bodies are wearing red cloaks. With a white hand on it? Yeah, are we seeing that symbol on anything? One of them has a, a, a rip in the cloth where the red hand would be. The others have the stitched white hand on them. And it's so archaic or unknown that we don't even, we don't even recognize this. That's really weird that they would be here. Yeah, it's very strange. 
I don't like it. But they're all zombies, or what? A few of the red-cloaked ones look like they were living humans. The one that is not wearing the red cloak was certainly a zombie. Looks like he's wearing the clothing of one of the zombie charge hands. So, uh, looks like they just came here to steal the grain or something? I don't know. Causing problems, just being chaotic? I don't understand. Um, can we tell how these guys were killed? You can give me a medicine check if you'd like. Nah. (laughs) That ain't me. Actually, I can't. I just won't be very good. I get a nine. Yeah, you, it's, they're just gory messes. You can't tell. Between the dogs and the horse that were eating them. Only someone with a medicine skill would roll a medicine check. Do we have anybody with a medicine? Lucan! Yes, I'm good with medicine. As am I. I can do medicine, and I've got the stitched flesh, so I can do medicine for both undead and dead, and, and living. Same. Uh, I roll badly and get an 11. I roll even worse and get a 9. None of you are really able to tell amongst the mess of the bodies. The, the chew marks are prevalent, but those obviously weren't there before they died, you don't think? Impossible to tell. One thing that Lucan can discover, even with an 11, is that the body without the red cape, the one that was a zombie, was not being chewed on by the dogs or the horse. Anything of value on these guys? Any weapons or any any armor or anything? They have nothing. Just these red cloaks. Wallets? Picture ID? Nothing. <laughs> nothing like that. Passport, driver's license, <laughs> nothing. Picture of a family? High school uh, <laughs> cafeteria card. I'm sorry, you said that these ones are quick? These they three were. with the cloaks, he said were quick. Yes. Keyword there, were quick. And they weren't chewing on the zombie, either they don't like undead flesh, or because they knew that one. Well... Without any more information, I guess continue on to see if we can find anything else. Yeah, next area. Looks like I kind of saw some bodies to the west a little bit further, so go check those out. Well, the most prominent feature to the west, or behind the wagons, are the four grain silos. Each 20 feet in diameter and constructed from sturdy wooden staves, stand in the northwest corner of the farm compound. Three rotting humanoid corpses lie on the ground nearby each still clutching long-hafted farming implements. The hatch of the northeastern silo is open, and much of the grain has spilled onto the ground. So, these humanoids are rotting. Were the other ones rotting, or not yet? No. These ones are rotting. The ones that were being eaten were not rotting. Those ones were living. Hmm. I mean, I'll go look to see if it looks like someone... Like, are these grain silos, like, locked or anything? They No, they're not what locked. What kind of latching mechanism did they have? They're not locked, and the latching mechanism was uh, from the outside. Just a bar. Okay. And I guess I look inside this one, see if anything was... If it looks like it was partially emptied, or if it was just, just the stuff that spilled out. And while you do that, I'm going to make a nature check on the grain itself to see if it seems... Fine or tainted. Okay, so first, Lucan, what'd you get on your nature check? 19. There is this strange pinkish gray powder sprinkled across the grain here. But you don't know what that is, what the powder is. I try to collect a sample. Easy enough to do. In order to identify the powder, you'll need to make either a crafting check or a medicine check. I'll try medicine. 23. You're both able to confirm with each other that this uh, pinkish gray powder is a substance called brain grit. The powder's not poisonous, but it might cause a a mild headache. Okay. Not poisonous to living or undead, in case an undead ate it on accident. From what you can tell about it, it would cause a mild headache in living creatures. 
from what you know about brain grit. It's even a very brief effect. But it's not, like, natural to the grain, right? Like, it looks like someone put it in there? Like, it's, this is something that's been added to it? or Looks like it's been sprinkled on top of it. Why Ooh. would somebody do that? Spill some out and then sprinkle brain grit on top. Well, I want to check the other silos. Do they also seem to have brain grit in them? As you walk around to each of the four silos, you notice that, in fact, yes. Each of the four silos and the grain therein has brain grit sprinkled in and throughout it. So it's not just on top. It's, like, throughout all of the grain. Yeah, not throughout. I guess that was the wrong word to use. It's sprinkled on top of the grain. Okay. It's not, like, mixed in. It's just on top of it. Yes. Somebody's trying to taint the grain? Was something that just kind of gives you a mild headache? That doesn't seem very helpful. Might be enough to make people not want to buy it so much. As you're searching around the area near the four silos, I need anyone to give me a perception check. Not great. 15. Nat 20. 25. I'm not doing it. Arius and Lucan both realize that near the silos, a... uh, brutal melee took place. A group of six or more people took up a defensive position near these silos, but they were then surrounded and slaughtered before their attackers fleed in multiple directions. Lucan, with a critical success, you realize that the attackers and the charge hands all used relatively light, simple weapons, such as clubs and uh, even some improvised weapons in some cases, which would indicate to you that no one involved seemed to have been expecting a fight. And the defenders, they're undead or quick? Undead. So the defenders are undead and the attackers are probably quick? There's no way to tell. There is there is some blood here, but hard to tell. Is it possible the quick are finally rising up? <laughs> Arius, do you get what you want before you even try? <laughs> That's the actual plot of this fucking campaign. My character is just like perfect to be on the for this entire scenario. Except on the wrong side. No, I'd I'd still be on the right side because I want to kill the quick. (laughs) I just want them to revolt. I don't know if you could even call this warfare though. I mean, if they're using fucking improvised weapons, kind of war is this? Possibly some of the people here at the farm caught some others putting this brain grit into the grain and uh, accosted them and a fight broke out. Tempted to stop them. I still don't understand what the yeah. point of putting this brain grit into the, the grain would be though. To confuse the investigators. Because this, gr- this grain is what they do we know is this grain from this farm specifically like for feeding the quick in the area? Is this grain they actually sell to other countries? an export or do we know what this farm does great question take a hero point you were informed that this farm feeds the quick living in gray dirge specifically somebody's trying to fuck with the grain for the quick in gray dirge that would seem to be the case here but still just giving some people in town a mild headache yeah unless there's some other side effect we don't know or if there's a purpose to giving them a mild headache Maybe just making them irritable, which would make them more susceptible to other things, possibly. One final thing that you find during your investigation of the four silos is that you find several coils of sturdy climbing rope and padded grappling hooks stashed between some of the silos and the wall to the north. Do you have to climb anything to get up here to this location? There's a stone barrier Surrounding the entire farm. A stone wall. It's a tall stone wall, too. Over ten feet tall. Not easily climbable. So maybe they'd climb the wall using that and then ditch the equipment. And then got caught and fought. Makes sense. Anybody need some climbing equipment? I think I already have a set of climbing. Yeah, I already have a climbing kit. I mean, I'll, I'll take a set. I don't have one. They're up for grabs. Why not? There's enough here that you could probably scrounge up for one solid climbing kit. One complete set? Yeah, let's call it one complete climbing kit. Snag it up. Alright, that's all you find among the silos. 
the plot thickens. All havoc broke loose at Old Ear Gag's farm when some quick came to poison the grain for the quick? Why would they do such a thing? What other clues will we find as we continue our investigation? Find out next time as we continue The Blood Lords. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.